Ryan, we're doing this thing. <laughs> it it only took us three years uh, and a couple of changes in order to finally get this thing off the ground. But three years, like six months. Come well, on. Well, I mean, this has been an idea for, for slow you, for twitch. Three years. Like it was actually a conversation I had with Dan at Endurance Exchange. Like the last weekend before, you know, the world exploded before COVID. So like to put it in context of how long we've been having the idea of getting a slow twitch podcast together. And now we're finally here getting this thing off the ground. So which in hindsight, we probably should have started it back then because then we would have been on the forefront of podcasting instead of the back end of podcasting. Well, you know, better late than never. So that's true. Here we that's true. here we are. Good morning. Uh, welcome to the Slow Twitch Podcast. I'm Ryan Heisler, Slow Twitch Editor in Chief, joined as uh, almost all episodes will be by our uh, leading partner, uh, Eric Wynn. Hello, hello. So, Ryan, is this your radio voice? What? This isn't my. I mean. Do you change it's my broadcast this, voice, like, I suppose. You do you have know, a like, good broadcast voice. It. Uh, I was told I had a face for radio when I was looking at colleges, so that was outstanding. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like this is something that has kind of been in the background for the last 20 years. Like my undergraduate is in broadcast journalism, so this is right in my wheelhouse. Nice. So why are we starting one of these? There's so many podcasts out there. Like, I mean, there's a ton of podcasts and we appreciate everybody taking the time to go ahead and listen to ours, right? And hopefully this first episode doesn't immediately dissuade them from continuing to listen to our podcast. But, um, you know, this is kind of one of our pet projects as we really look at Slow Twitch generally on you know where people want to be able to consume content and at the end of the day we want to be where people prefer to consume anything and some of that's going to be on the main site and some of that's going to be audio content and some of that's the video stuff that you've really been spearheading the charge on for the last four or five years yeah it you know it's interesting I think where we're going to be able to really dive deep in this is is it's not a themed podcast at all. It seems like there's a lot of themed podcasts out there um, that are very specific. Um, you know, we have an opportunity, I think, to be very general with what we are talking about. Um, we've also got a, a huge Rolodex of people that we can tie into when we want to um, to talk about specific things. Um, when we want to dive in a little bit deeper. Um, you know, the one thing that I really like about the idea of a podcast is I'm not the greatest writer. And uh, so it gives me an opportunity to uh, talk about things that are very important to me and what I feel like are important to our sport and our community in a way that um, is, is easier for me to be able to communicate. Um, and so that's one thing that that I am really excited about when it comes to podcasting is being able to dive a little bit deeper and get the other, just the emotions of being able to, to talk to guests when they're on. Um, you know, I remember talking with my buddy Gilad, um, 
you know, just, it was on the phone like a couple of months ago. And uh, we talked like 45 minutes about the early days of Norma Tech. And it, it, it reminded me again of why it was important for us to start a podcast, because uh, there's no way we could have possibly got all that information into an article that people actually wanted to read, but they sure would have listened to it. So, yeah. And I think one thing is, is that it's often easier to convey human emotion in an audio or a visual format, right? Like, because you're, you're getting so many different cues off of somebody, um, when you're able to see them or hear them. Um, that's not to say, right? Like I've always written, right? Like writing is in my blood and it's not like that's going to go anywhere. It's just about like, how are the various ways that we can reach people and be able to help someone, you know, potentially tell a story, right? Like some people are going to be great writers and some people are going to be great in this format. Um, and some people are going to be terrible in this format, you know, like it, and that's okay. Like we just want to uh, give people the best opportunity to be able to help shape and tell their stories um, in the best way that we can. And to your point, like the thing that I love about this is that um, we get to be pretty free flowing and conversational and it's not quite the same as, you know, when we're writing a news article, right? Like there's pretty strict, like, drilled into my head, associated press style formatting that we have to follow. Like there's just, there are certain rules of that. There's less rules for this, which is awesome. Um, we can tell people that, that they suck on this podcast is what you're saying. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Including myself sometimes, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, but um, we can also swear. I mean, when I have to, right? Okay. Like yeah. use them sporadically. Uh, but the, the cool thing is, is that because we're not tied to a particular topic or theme, like as stuff pops up, you know, like we're going to be able to pivot and say, Hey, we want to talk about this right now because that's, what's most interesting to us. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of talking about things that we want to talk about, um, you know, I think one of the topics we wanted to, to cover today was, um, just kind of the current state of slow twitch as a whole and, um, what our plans are, uh, you know, for the future, uh, based on what, what the current state of slow twitch is in your opinion, you know, you've been working full-time for slow twitch for a lot longer than I have. Um, where would you say that the current state of slow twitch is right now? Um, so it's interesting, like, it's really kind of an interesting place to be in, right? Because outside of Dan, I probably have the most tenure on Slow Twitch um, out of anybody who's contributing to the site today. Um, and if you told me that that would be the case eight years ago, right around this time, like, I would have laughed in your face. Um, because you know, at that point in time, like I had been doing stuff with the real Starkey and TRS radio. And like now is when the whole Kona lottery thing blew up. Um, and so, you know, like I sat on the forums and took my beating as kind of the quote unquote face of, you know, 
having written a form letter to the Florida Department of Justice being like, how is this legal? And then, you know, six months later, there's this thing. So whether or not like I actually had any role in it is, you know, up for debate. But what I did do is sit on the forum and eat a lot of shit from people who were pissed. Right. Um, and I had my 15 minutes in the sun on the front page of slow twitch. Cause Dan wrote an article like about it. Um, and I guess it was just that moment in time where Dan was like, um, you know, you have a lot of integrity over the fact that like you stood there and took your shit and I disagree with, you know, the way that you did this, but you know, like good on you for like just coming on. And six months later I started writing for slow twitch, um, which was always just kind of like a really interesting pivot, but where we sit as slow twitch right now is in kind of a little bit of a transition period, right? We're, um, we're in that moment in time where we know the direction that we want to go in. We have a lot of existing ways that we've done things and produced content and told stories. Um, and we have, you know, this incredibly active forum, um, which, you know, gives us a lot of community member conversation and everything else. Um, but, you know, we're along for the ride with the state of the entirety of the industry, right? And we're still all kind of emerging from the pandemic and the economic realities that are out there right now. So we're kind of, we're in this phase where we're running with all the stuff that we have classically done, you know, which is produce really compelling articles, Um but now we're at that phase where we're we're trying to crawl essentially with some of the other kinds of stories that we want to develop, tell, um, and be able to put out there. Yeah, and you know, and that was <clears throat> part of the plan. Um, you know, when when we uh, had an opportunity to acquire Slow Twitch um, from Dan, um, you know, back in in October um, of twenty twenty two it was, um, you know, I've known Dan for nine years and, um, we had always talked about this idea of, of, of being able to, to take it over from him. <clears throat> and, um, and it, it definitely happened faster than, than he and I thought it was going to happen. And when it did happen, it was pretty quick. And so, you know, when it came to the the due diligence process and and whatnot, it was it was about three weeks that that we we agreed on. Which really, you know, if anyone's ever purchased a company, particularly a company with twenty plus years of history, um, there's no way you can dive deep into a lot of things. It's really at that point you're trusting the other person isn't feeding you a bunch of shit on, on financial numbers and records and, and, you know, all of that things. And, and because Dan and I have developed a long history of trust with each other, um, particularly, I think our trust is because we are very different when it comes to political views and, and things like that. But we've always just trusted each other that no matter what, we're going to look out for each other's best interests, even if we disagree on, you know, certain points. Um, 
and so, you know, moving into the first year, um, you know, our, our goal was, and, and my goal was, was really very simple. It was, it was two things. Um, number one, don't piss Dan off. Um, so in other words, you know, let Dan be Dan. Um, yeah. you know, there's a reason why slow twitch has been, um, a beacon in the sport when it comes to, um, you know, from a news perspective is it's because of Dan Enfield. And so, you know, really to just give him carte blanche on, you know, Hey, you're still the publisher, do what you want. I'm not getting in your way. Um, and then the other thing was to, to figure out exactly what we actually did purchase. Um, right. I'm trying to figure out how it currently functions and, you know, what things probably should start to change if we're going to evolve it into the future. And so we are a little bit, have been in a little bit of a holding pattern for the last, you know, six, seven months, because that's always been part of the plan. Um, and now we are finally starting to implement some of the things that I feel that are necessary for the future. Right. Um, you know, and, and they're not big changes. Um, in fact, most of the changes are, um, you know, probably going back to the basics of, uh, what made slow twitch unique and special. Um, because I feel like over the last couple of years, it maybe, um, has gone away from some of those things. Um, you know, we got caught up in things that at the end of the day, just don't really matter to our community. Um, you know, they, they're kind of interested, but also too, it's just, you know, where we gather information. Um, right. You know, we, we wrote an article about this a couple months ago about just race results. It's, you know, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to write a, a bunch of information that's on other websites. You know, I just kind of felt like that was a regurgitation of information that was already out there. It wasn't special. Yeah. And I mean, I think you, you bring up a couple of things, right? Like in terms of the, the due diligence process and that trust, right? Like at the end of the day, our audience trusts us to be really authentic and really independent, right? Like that's, that is our core value. And that does not change no matter who owns the site, right? Like that, because without it, like slow twitch is not slow twitch, right? Um, and, you know, like, yeah, not to interrupt you, but that was, you know, there's, there's a couple of things that I thought I knew before, you know, when, before, you know, working with Dan in the past of just, you know, taking pictures and putting galleries up on the site and, um, you know, and then, and then purchasing the site, I, you know, I, I thought that we were the gold standard. Now I know that we're the gold standard. You know, I thought that, that Dan, had the biggest influence in the sport through the form. Now I kind of know that he does. Um, and, and those things are extremely important to honor and to hold to a high standard when it comes to what do we do with that information and, and that, you know, almost responsibility and stewardship of how do we lead this community to help grow the sport and how do we feed it the information that that it needs and also that helps it thrive um, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I have brought this up in kind of some phone calls with you over the last six or seven months that, you know, we have a certain obligation to our readership, right? Like we have an 
an, an obligation to ourselves in terms of like defending what that brand really means um, and how it impacts everything. So, um, you know, as we continue to go forward and grow, like that's the question that we're always asking ourselves is like, how does it impact the brand? How does it influence the direction that we really kind of want to go? And when it comes to race reports, right? Like the vast majority of race producers today kind of want to be their own news cycle, right? Like they want to send out their own stuff. Everybody does, including athletes, like professional athletes are their own journalists these days. And, you know, like when it comes down to how do we fit into that ecosystem, right? Like at the end of the day, it needs to be an experience that we kind of can feel in order to then be able to convey that message appropriately, right? Like that's part of the reason why um, we did such a strong pivot on the number of events that we're covering and the way that we go about doing it. And, and just so that people know, what is that way? One... If we're going to choose to cover a race, more often than not, we're going a lot narrower and a lot deeper, right? So take uh, two weekends ago, right? Like the only race that we covered was 70.3 St. George, um, in part because we could do a really good job previewing that field and talking about you know, the storylines of those athletes and how they might interact and what we might see on race day. And then we had, you know, the ability to actually watch that event take place live um, and be able to write a really good story off of that to, because, you know, like both Sam and, uh, Jeannie, like those are really good stories in terms of who won those events, right? Like, and being able to put that into words and to be able to actually, you know, hear interviews after the race with these athletes, right? Like the entirety of that package meant that we could then um, put together content that made a lot of sense that otherwise you could not get anywhere else, yeah. right? Well, I think it also helps too the relationships that we have with um, not just Ironman in general, but the PR team at, at Ironman, the communications team, and you know the, the relationships that we have at um, you know BCC who are doing the broadcasts, and yep. you know we're able to essentially be there live while not being there live, and, right? And that helps us put a an honest, unique spin to the race report than just reading a press, you know, release and yeah. trying to look at, you know, timing splits throughout, you know, the event as they go on, which is, you know, one of the reasons why we didn't cover, you know, some of the earlier class races this year is because it wasn't live streamed and we weren't there. And so it's like, what are, how are we going to cover that race? Honestly? Yeah. And I, I mean, like we can't, authentically rewrite a press release and call that slow twitch worthy content. Not it's anymore. Just not. Maybe you, you know, I think we used to be able to possibly do that because it was different back then. That was everyone's, you know, information. Well, I mean, there wasn't any other way of getting the story, right? Like that's, but that's also why, you know, just 
as an example, like with world triathlon races, right? Like we're just doing the championship series. Yeah. And we're able to watch them and we're able to have that relationship with that PR team and they get us the pictures and they have questions, our answers to questions that we have before we put the story up and it works. Yeah. And it also allows, you know, like as we look at who has been writing for us and everything else, like Tim Carlson is always part of the slow twitch family. Like his, his best race reports for the last five years have always been world triathlon events. So like, let's let him loose on what he's really, really good at. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of the other thing when we're looking at who contributes content to slow twitch, right? Like we want to have people operate within the niche that makes the most sense for them. Right. Like Dan is always going to own bike fit. He's going to own like the best of certain bike stuff. Like that's yeah, just, Dan's gonna I own mean, bike he invented fit. it, right? Yeah, he did. Right. And it's, he's going to own saddles and he's also going to, you know, own all the little quirky stuff that he just loves to go out and find, you know, and it's, and he's got carte blanche to go do that. Um, you know, I, I wanted, you know, in speaking with him, you know, pre and post acquisition, it was, you know, what do you like doing? Because whatever you like doing is what I want you doing. Uh, right. the things that you don't like doing, I don't want you doing anymore because a, you've earned that right. And B, I just want you to focus on the stuff that makes you happy because if you're happy, then you can, you'll be able to write a lot more. Yeah. And I mean, that all, it's also given us opportunity, right. With like Alex Harrison or Megan Foley, right. To, do nutrition content that we have never been able to produce, right? Like we've really been able to find people who are super passionate about it and essentially let them loose, right? And like be able to produce something that's useful. Um, And we're continuing to kind of like review and add people to that portfolio. So that way we're really operating in kind of a broad swath of where people want to be right now. Yeah. So let me ask you a, a, a question here and, and, you know, you're going to be honest cause you're, you're that kind of guy. Um, you know, what are the big changes that you've seen since, you know, we've, we've taken over, um, the, the reins at slow twitch over the last seven months, have they been positive? Have they been negative? Anything that you would like to see different? I mean, I have to copy edit a lot more. Well, that's true because I write more. But that's well, not only that, right? But you know, like, not to go too much behind the curtain and pay no attention to them. But um, you know, we've reduced the number of people who can actually live post to the site, right? Mm -hmm. Like, which is you know, um, if we're talking about changes like content management systems, so we can load stuff and be able to copy edit it before it appears on the front page would be amazing rather than me having to post it for everybody. Yeah. But, it's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Add it to the list. Uh -huh. um, but ultimately, right? Like I think what we're doing is we're being really strategic in what we're choosing to talk about right like we're we're not putting up you know like a 500 word article about you know xyz and we're not trying to like take 
you know, one thing that happened and turn it into four pieces of content in the hopes that maybe we can, you know, like goose our page view numbers that way, right? Like when we choose to cover something, we're choosing to, you know, like we're not going incredibly in depth, right? Like we want to have something that, you know, fully answers the kinds of questions that somebody might have. But, you know, if something needs to be gone deeper, either A, we've got a video that we can embed to sort of like continue to answer those questions, or B, like now we have this vehicle to be able to kind of continue that conversation a little bit. So, I mean, we're working on modernizing some of the technology and stuff that we have, right? Like, um, Okay, so we're going to go into that in a little bit later as far as where we're going with with Slow Twitch. Is there anything else that we want to talk about when it comes to the current state of Slow Twitch? And then and then we're going to move into the current state of of just triathlon as a whole for a little bit. And then we're going to wrap up this thing so that people don't get so bored on our first episode. I mean, I think the the thing that we we talk about but we don't talk enough about is the forum right like because you know at the end of the day like we have more than a hundred thousand people who are registered who have slow twitch accounts you know and a lot of people who are really active in terms of the conversations that they want to have and not for nothing um the a lot of times we get either ideas of directions we want to go in based on that forum, right? Like, and being able to include stuff that our users are talking about in our newsletter and everything else, like it just, it helps enhance the overall user experience. It does. And, and, you know, and speaking of forum, and if you're listening to this, um, you know, we would encourage everybody to, to start writing more within the forum and, and not just reading. You know, we, we actually have a surprisingly high percentage of people that write um, in, in the form. Um, you know, if you just look at a percentage wise, um, it's about 15% of our user base are very active when it comes to writing, right. um, which is a really high percentage of people that are active. And some of these individuals, oh my gosh, man, I'm talking like three or four or five posts a day on average for the last 19 years like oh, it's I know, crazy. right i want to give like we got to figure out how to give them like medals and send them to their house and stuff so <laughs> you know because you're just it's crazy how active they are and and these individuals that have been around for so long like like they're community drivers like right. they are there to pass on solid information you know like they're not the ones that we kick off because they're not you know jerks and they're just there and they, and they help police the, you know, the form as as well. Um, but you know, you've also got a lot of people that are just scared to, to post, um, in fear that, you know, there's going to be some asshole that gets on and, um, you know, responds, you know, in a, in a manner that's, you know, just not cool. And, and, you know, so we just, we would, I would, I would want to encourage people to, if you're listening, if you're on the forum, if you're not on the forum, join the forum. If you are on the forum, you know, feel free to write um, yeah. because, you know, if, if we, if we can't get more people to write on the forum, it's, it's, it's hard for us to clean the forum up. And that's a big initiative that we have is, is making, and, it, and that's been that way for years is, is cleaning that forum up where, um, you know, if you've got some 
person that's just a little over aggressive and just not a community well-driven, you know, human, um, we don't want you on the forum. Yeah. And I mean, two things, right? Like one thing that always shocks people is slow twitch demographics wise is something like 55, 45 male, female, right? Like it is not nearly as male driven as people would immediately think based on what a quote unquote prototypical slow twitch forum user um, thought has been. And to your other point, right, like we've done a lot of work on community building in terms of like we've been trying to weed out people who just are not acting in good faith on our forum. And like at the end of the day, don't be an asshole, right? Like, um, and so like that's something that is always going to be part of the project, right? Because, you know, when you're dealing with anonymous forum members, right, like you're occasionally going to have a bad apple. And our job is to make sure that bad apple doesn't spoil the bunch. Yeah. So the current state of, of triathlon, what, what's your opinion on that? We, yeah, I, I hear it all the time. It's like, ah, oh, triathlon is, is shrinking and the participation levels are down. And, but I don't really think that's the case. I mean, yet. if you look at USA Triathlon's latest data set, right? Oh, there's like, some accurate numbers there. Well, oh boy, I mean, me at least on it's that. one day in annual licenses, right? So, you know, we're somewhere around 80 to 85% of where we were in 2019, right? So we've rebounded pretty well coming out of COVID, right? And we can't, discount just how um, disruptive COVID was to the entirety of the endurance sports world, right? Like, When did that statistic come out? Is that just recent? That's looking at 2022 data. Oh, okay. So, right. So decent recovery, right? Because 2022 was quote unquote, the end of COVID, even though, you know, like the national emergency only just ended, right? In the States. It'd be fascinating to like dive into those numbers a little bit more as far as just one day licenses versus annual licenses. And because there's a lot of people that still just didn't, they're still participants of the sport and they're buying things, but they didn't race because they couldn't get to the races that they were at. Well, so, and, and this goes back to kind of like a statistic that's been burned into my head since my running store days, like 70% of runners never run a race, right? Like, yeah, so all like users, they don't post. Yeah. I mean, so ultimately, like, I think we're seeing um, for a variety of reasons, right? Like, whether it is economic or pandemic related or um, even just like location fatigue, right? Like, you look at a place like St. George that's hold, hosted five Ironman events in the last 18 months, right? between world championships and 70.3 worlds and the relocated world championships and insert event here. Um, Like it's a phenomenal venue, but I don't think you necessarily want to go there five times and, you know, over the course of 18 months, unless you're, you know, someone like yourself who is local and it's part of your job. Right. (laughs) Um, well, I didn't even go down to I know. <laughs> the last time because it was just like, you know, been there, done that. 
a lot of times. And, and so I, I think you're, you know, if we're looking at Iron Man entries generally, right, like we're still seeing sellouts in certain pockets of locations, like some of the classic venues have sold out, like Placid's one of them. Um, they did sell out Iron Man California. Um, but you're also seeing kind of like locations and people shift around in terms of what their priority event tends to be. And so I think if we look at our entirety of the ecosystem, right, like people are still going to buy bikes, they're still going to buy running shoes, they're still going to buy certain things, but what they choose to race might be a little bit different. And I actually think that's probably healthy for everybody overall in terms of like, I did not race um, any triathlon for, it'll be four years this year. Right. Like my last attempt at a race was Lake Placid 2019. Um, but I've done some gravel stuff. I've done some ski racing. I've done some running. Um, I'll be going back to triathlon this year. Um, and some of that was like I had some medical stuff to figure out. And then like I didn't want to swim during the pandemic. Right. Like I had to make sure that I was healthy for childcare reasons. So like I'm not going into an indoor space right now. So it'll be interesting. I think, you know, like I think you'll see people shift around a little bit in terms of what races they choose to do. And what it is, what's more interesting, and this is part of the future of slow twitch, right, is what are those things that people are pivoting to? And those are areas that we want to talk about on the front side of the site video here. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have a little bit of a, um, you know, a Starbucks issue um, in, in the sport right now where, you know, a couple of years ago, um, you know, Starbucks just started, you know, closing all of these stores down and everyone's like, oh my gosh, Starbucks is going out of business. It's just like, no, they just, they have the same amount of coffee drinkers. Uh, they just produce too many stores in too many different locations and they got to consolidate those. And, um, you know, Iron Man had too many races. Um, and they needed to consolidate. And they're the first ones to admit that, that they had too many races and that they need to consolidate those. Um, and then also too, they're not, they're not in that, that mode anymore where they are, um, at least I don't see them in that mode where they're, um, you know, bullying the, the small local races, um, like that corporation used to do in, in the past where they were just trying to buy up everything in order to sell again. Um, you know, and so you've got a lot of local race directors starting to put races on. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It's, um, it's interesting. I would love to get, and, and I've got somebody working on those numbers, but just some really hardcore data driven numbers to see exactly where we're at right now when it comes to participation, um, levels right. and, and, because I because I see a couple of things happening um, that that give me a lot of hope, um, and 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 it and it's happened, you know, two other times in history, right? In the the nineteen eighties, in the real estate crash, um, and in in the crash, the economic crash, you know, that happened, you know, 10, 12 years ago, and then COVID, it it happened as well, and that was, you know, generally speaking, the the, the individual that's in triathlon tends to fare pretty well during economic downturns. Um, but what they, so, so from a financial standpoint, they can still afford to be in this, 
very expensive sport. Um, but there's a, a psychological thing that happens with them where they're reminded what's really important. Um, and that generally is family and, and their kids. And, and they, and they also feel a little bit, um, you know, they, they're reminded that, that they're grateful that they're able to do this thing. And so they want to pass that on to, you know, their, their, you know, their offspring and, or the people that, that are around them. Um, you know, and I saw this at Sea Otter. Um, so I, I went to Sea Otter for the very first time just a couple of weeks ago and, um, you know, there were 76,000 people attended that there was, there was over a thousand, you know, vendors at, at that. And, and we'll get into this later because if you go to an Ironman expo right now, it's a freaking ghost town. Right. Um, you know, but sea otter was just crushing it, you know? And so it's like, you can't tell me that people aren't willing to spend money, um, to go do an expo or, or go to an event because that's obviously false. Um, but with that said, um, you know, the, the kids were just out of control at Sea Otter. And, and I was just, I was blown away. I was like, this is so awesome. Like there's so many kids out riding bikes. And, um, you know, so then I got home and then, um, you know, like a week or so later when I actually got home and uh, I went on a bike ride and I was, um, you know, I was on a gravel bike on, on some mountain bike trails by my house. And, and over a course of an hour and a half, I passed four groups, at least 15, if not 20 youth riding mountain bikes. And, and there was, there was like one or two parents with each one of these groups. And, and it just reminded me that, that there's still hope for newbies into the sport because the people who are in the sport contributing to the sport in a large way have been reminded what's important when it comes to what this sport has done for them in their own personal stuff. And they're starting to share that. Um, and so that's kind of what gives me a pretty good clue on that, you know, for whatever downtrend we think we might be in, um, if we're careful and if we pay attention, um, we can really get into a, a really good growth curve moving forward. Yeah. And I mean, we could do an entire episode just on like Ironman's pivot from like North American sports and the whole like uh, licensing versus them wholly own and operating the majority of their events. Oh, and, we could do a couple episodes. And, on oh, that. I yeah, mean, long episodes. Um, Maybe we'll get Dan involved with those. But, you know, like that goes back to um, kind of the point of like Ironman itself is a little bit in a transition period, right? Like they've, they've been kind of diversifying their portfolio of events for a while now. And, you know, they've got UTMB. Um, they're going to be very busy, you know, between August and September with 70.3 Worlds in Finland that they do UTMB. And then they've got the Men's World Championship in Nice, right? Like back to back to back. Um, well, and then, and then the, and then the like 100% woman's race. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it, I think what we're going to see is people may not do like five races in a year, right? Like, or five Ironman branded races in a year, but they'll do like, a gravel race and then they'll do some kind of like bike event 
and then they'll do a half marathon that's somebody else and then you know they'll it'll culminate in kind of like that one big experience at the end of the rainbow which will be you know like a 70.3 or an ironman um and you know unfortunately you know whether it's fortunate unfortunate like that's up to you right but at the end of the day when it comes to like a 70.3 or an you know, like a full distance triathlon, like unless it's Roth, right? Like you're probably doing, which by the way, we are going to this year, which I'm super excited. I gotta, I gotta gotta buy my tickets. Felix, I'm going to email you today. I'm going to let you know the dates that we're coming out, but yeah, we, we're going to, in fact, we're going to be broadcasting, um, Roth on, on our homepage this year, which is, you know, like speaking of future stuff that we're really excited about doing, but you know, like outside of Roth, which is like just this incredible experience, right? Like more often than not, people are going to choose an Ironman, right? So like as a race director, like I'm always like, okay, I want to do something different because if I try to compete with them, like on like doing like a generic 70.3 or something, I'm going to lose, right? (laughs) Like it's just, it's not going to win. So how can I be different? Yeah. So, all right. So Ryan, we've, we've got, you know, the current state of slow twitch, which is, you know, we've been in a, you know, quote unquote, a holding pattern for the last six or seven months. And we've been, you know, pulling all of this data and, you know, we're, we're kind of in the same boat as, um, you know, the sport in general. And that is, we're just kind of warming up to, to back to usual business. Um, now we've, we've talked about how we've got a lot of, um, you know, new people coming into the sport, you know, and, and when we're changing some things from a slow twitch perspective on how we do our reporting and articles, let's talk a little bit about what things that we're doing differently moving forward when it comes to those things on, on the homepage and then also in the form. So, I mean, from a homepage perspective, right? Like we're really trying to pay attention to how the, you know, average to, you know, slightly above average uh, triathlete, like would really kind of care about something, right? So, you know, when you talk about, like, let's use bikes and what Dan really kind of emphasizes, right? Like at the end of the day, fit always comes first, right? So that's why in every, in every single one of his articles, right? Like he's really talking about How's this bike fit? Who's it going to fit? Like, and writing within that context, right? And it's the same with any kind of other product review that we might be doing. Um, Like, what's it like to live with as, you know, someone who's a little bit of a geek, but like, I'm not Dan. I am discount Dan, right? Like, I... I like certain things. You're different, Dan. You're not yeah. discount, Dan. You're uh, different. I, I mean, dollar store, Dan. There you go. I mean, <laughs> but, you know, when we're looking at how we can tell that story, like it might be better served by a different way of doing it, right? Like when when you did the gravel bike review series, like that, it wasn't just written content because- you excel at, you know, uh, being more visual, right? And so, you know, 
from both the quality of the pictures that we take to producing an actual video um, to be able to tell the story of what of that particular product. Um, you know, I'm going to be able to write. I can take photos. Uh, I'm going to be better here, but like, don't ask me to produce a video because I'm not going to be like, I'm not the expert at it. I won't. Right? I, trust and, me, I won't. It'll, it'll make me cringe. Right. Um, and that's, you know, at the end of the day, we want people who can be a little bit of an expert, but also take that experience and be able to write it or talk about it or produce a video about it in a way that is not super demanding in terms of being able to get through it. Right. Um, because that's that's always the challenge when you're dealing with, you know, tech or something else, right? Like, is it relatable? Yeah. You know, when it comes to our electronics reviews, like we're not DC Rainmaker and that's okay. Like if you want, you know, a 10,000 word article about the latest Garmin device, like read the manual, go read it on, go, go, go read Ray. Right. Like, um, but you know, like if you're looking instead for, you know, like the, the average guy, like that's what Brian Gray is really good at. Yeah. And so we're going to continue to use him. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think we're going to try to do a better job at, it, what I call is, you know, bringing it down to kindergarten level as well. Um, you know, and we're probably going to get some slack for this for, you know, some of the super big tech geeks, but I don't really care. Um, you know, cause at the end of the day, what, what I, what I want is that anybody that reads an article, particularly a product review article, they're able to walk away with something that they've learned. Um, yeah. and in order to do that, you've got to, you've got to start way at the bottom. You know, you can't, particularly with all the new, um, you know, people that are coming into the sport that we've captured through COVID and, or, you know, just youth, um, that are, that are bringing up in the sport. You know, I would love, I think our next polling is actually going to be, in fact, I'm going to get Dan to change it today is, you know, how many people actually know how to change a tire? Um, you know, let's just forget about, you know, the difference between like hookless and, you know, tubular and all that. It's, do you even know how to change a tire, you know? And, and because I would, I would imagine that a good percentage of the people don't, um, you know, I mean, my wife doesn't know how to change a tire. I mean, she, and she's just starting on her journey of, you know, being on a road bike, you know, she fell in love with indoor cycling during, um, you know, COVID. And, you know, so we got her a bike last year. She rode it once, um, was super nervous, um, you know, and, and this year she's, she's been on it like six or seven times already. And, you know, we just, we start slow with things. Um, you know, even though she's been in, in clipless pedals on her stationary bike, uh, for two years, like, you know, we've got flat pedals on, it's, on her road bike and, yeah. you know, so one side's flat and the other one's like an SPD. And so, you know, I'm, you know, when she gets, you know, her courage up, you know, she'll, she'll attempt, you know, to actually clip in and we just, we just do loops around a park here, yep. um, you know, locally. And, you know, yesterday we went and we did, you know, 45 minutes together and it was just loops around the park and, you know, we worked on cornering and speed and, you know, and she doesn't, she doesn't stand up when she goes up the hill at all. She sits and, you know, so just little things, you know, and she's not allowed to use the big ear. She's only going to use the small, 
you know, chain ring. And, um, but when it comes to, you know, the articles and the things we've got to take all of those people into consideration as well yeah. as the people that, you know, have been in the sport for 10 years and they're looking for that one feature on the device that, you know, that they can just completely geek out on. Um, yeah. and so, you know, moving forward, we're looking forward to, to kind of getting back what I consider to be getting back to our roots of, you know, in-depth product reviews. Um, but we're just going to do it a little differently, you know, where right. instead of the 1980s calling for article reviews, it's, it's going to be 2023 and there's going to be a visual component to it. There's going to be tech, um, you know, articles written within that. And, um, and the, and the great thing is, is, is that, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but well, they do because they try to buy it. Um, you know, it was hard to get product in the yeah. last couple of years. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it was really, really challenging. Um, but now that supply chains have eased up and, and that, you know, there's stuff on, you know, we're, we're, we're in that mode of, you know, like, I mean, I've got, I got 10 things I've got to get to that have been shipped to the, to the studio here. Um, you know, just from a product review standpoint. And so, you know, really looking forward to, um, you know, working with, you know, our partners closely with all of their stuff. Yeah. And then just the things that we find that are, that are not partners, but we, we just dig and, or we feel like the community needs to know about a particular product. Uh, right. And that's what Dan was always good at, you know, is, is yeah, we've got our partners and that stuff that we, you know, we do our reviews and we've got a lot of stuff going on there, but then there's just things that we just see. We're like, that's really cool. I really yeah. want to talk about that. I mean, it, it brings up kind of like that hydraulic brake line switch it, which the Koo bike now comes with, right? But like being able to take the front end apart of one of these super bikes and be able to swap things around without having to rerun and rebleed hydraulic brakes, right? Like, because, you know, I've worked on bikes for 15 years and yeah. like hydraulic brakes are above my pay grade, right? Sure. Like just not something that I'm going to be able to do. So like him finding that is like a game changer for, you know, my next round of bikes. And then, you know, like to your point, like tire changing has changed a lot just recently. Right. Like, and you know, I admittedly had to send my bike to a shop because the tubeless valve like would not seat. And as it turns out, the valve itself was bad, but it's like, I can't tell you how many hours I spent and how much sealant spewing out everywhere, like trying to get this one thing done. And it's just like, how do you do that in the wild? Right. Because, you yeah. know, like I was lucky enough that I was trying to deal with it at home, like as a maintenance project, but like, yeah. imagine that experience when you're out doing a hundred mile ride, like just you'd throw your bike. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got, we've got good, really big plans when it comes to, to those types of things. You know, I've been talking a lot with Dan and, and a lot of, you know, um, partners and non-partners in the industry, um, you know, Zip, uh, Envy, Cadix, Shimano, yeah. um, you know, some of those companies are partners, some are not, but we're going to be working with all of them to help anyone that comes to our site and anyone that's part of our community understand what those things are, the differences of them and why they would want to pick one or the other for whatever region they live in or wherever they ride. Um, 
So, well, we're, we're starting to get a little bit long winded. I feel, um, We've got, uh, you know, we've got good plans for the, for the, for the podcast. Um, Ryan, are we going to do this every week, every other week? What's the goal? So, I mean, the goal is for us to be able to release, I think, every Thursday going forward, right? All right. Yeah. Um, you know, like occasionally we might have a little bit of a break depending on what uh, our respective travel schedules look like and everything, but we're going to do our darndest to get something up on Thursdays for you to be able to listen to. We should be able to do that though, because we're not, you know, um, our, our podcast isn't, and and this isn't, you know, ragging on anybody, but it's not dependent on like what we did that Saturday or, you know, that weekend. And so we're going to be able to have some, you know, just some boring filler ones that are pre-recorded that we can slide in there as well. Um, you know, evergreen is what, uh, that's the correct term, please. Boring. (laughs) Yes. Let's make sure that people don't want to listen to episodes. That sounds great. Well, if you're still listening, uh, we want to thank you for, um, listening to us today. Um, Ryan is, uh, a wealth of knowledge. Um, we're very excited, uh, to be able to retain him as the editor in chief Um, we don't have any plans on doing anything other than keeping him around, um, on the, on the site. Um, we're being guided by Jade, um, who has produced many, many podcasts. She was doing this, I think it was the Zwift podcast for a really long time. She was an introduction from Jordan when we were talking about doing the podcast. Um, so she's, uh, she's actually listening to us. She's, uh, giving us a thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, when we mess up, we clap a couple times. She takes it out. Um, if Ryan swears too much, she edits those. If I swear too little, she puts them in. Um, Outstanding. Yeah, it works. So, um, we will be, uh, releasing this this Thursday. Um, and we're recording, uh, next week as well. So, Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we look forward to um, continuing on, uh, on this. Thanks, everybody.